people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him and He will make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and always turn away from evil. Hallelujah. I share that passage of Scripture with you because when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's what we are asking God to help us do. And then He says, be committed to that. Jessica, come on up. Jessica and I have talked a little bit previously, but then Thursday night she came to me and oh, 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 and, and Thursday night you, you look at the you. Jessica Thursday night we talked and she she shared with me that she felt as though that this was the time she was ready to truly and totally commit herself to the Lord and come and be baptized. So everybody say hallelujah. change of who you were to what Christ wants you to be now. And I, did, I promise I put the heater in it, but it got unplugged. I like cold water anyway. I'm sorry? Yes, thank you. I, this just makes it more memorable. <laughs> Go ahead. You okay? Huh? Yeah. All right, Jessica. Your lips aren't turning blue. That's good. All right, Jessica. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Cross your arms. Remember, you can hold your nose if you want to. So I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old up, and up with the new. You okay? Get in that water in my mouth. Oh, no. You all right? Thank you. Amen. Mr. Kobath, will you lift her in prayer, brother? Let me help you out. You can go out this door or out the, the other door or to the bathroom, wherever you want to go. God bless you, baby. Thank you. Evil comes against her this time and make her second doubt and change her mind. Whatever might, he, he might be trying to attempt to do, Lord, I just pray that you'll stand with her. Have a look up. I pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. Whenever her face crosses your mind, you lift her in prayer. Amen. 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 Hey guys, pray for you. We love you. We're praying for you guys. We love you. Smoke 
know that we're all praying for you and that we love you. Brothers and sisters and son, I just want to let you know that my heart goes out to you guys. And just know that you have a lot of people here who's going to be praying for you. Just praying for peace and comfort in this time of great loss. Just know we love you. and heal and move amongst us. I wanted to share that with you, one, because it, it's good to know when these folks, that there are folks still praying for us, but two, we also have prayer meetings on Thursday night here. And when we, get, we have a, a meal and we have a Bible study, but then we go over that prayer list that you see there in your bulletin because that prayer list is important. That is something for you to take home and pray over. That is something to let, so that people that know that their name is on that prayer list, that we didn't just generically, uh, ritualistically put their name there, but that there is going to be people, just like we feel when these folks are praying for us and we say thank you, those people see their name on that list and they know we're praying for them and they are saying thank you. I'm, I'm also, we are about to head out to RA and GA camp. Uh, we, had, we had some prayer requests added to the list this morning. We have the camps that are coming up after service today. And as I said earlier, I pray that you would lift all the kids up, all the parents up, all the leaders up, that, that we will get there and, and have an incredible God experience and come back home safe, safely. I say all this, and I ask for this intercessory prayer, but here's the problem I have. I feel as though that when I am in conversation with people, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this boat as well, we ask for prayer and we pray for one another. However, oftentimes in conversation as I'm discussing this, these prayer lives and prayers and things of this nature, it seems as a people we tend to put intercessory prayer on a low priority. Well, we might say we're going to pray for somebody, but then we move on and never actually do it. It may, may cross our minds three, four, five days later, or it may not cross our mind again until we see that individual later and maybe not even then. Or we take that prayer list and on Thursday night we sit in here and we discuss it, we go over the names, but then it gets left on the table or in our pews or, 
or in the back seats of our car, or whatever it may be, not to be picked up again until the following Thursday night and or Sunday morning. Guys, I would submit to you that when we pray for one another, we are asking God's kingdom, God's power, God's glory, not just to be on upon us, but upon others as well. And that's what furthers the kingdom of God. And that's what brings that peace and that joy. The, the very fact that all these kids wrote those cards and, and made a video, there, there was time and energy and effort put in that just so that we could know that there's somebody praying for us. You know, I read a story uh, of Alan Morris. He was telling the story of a very irreligious man when he was a missionary over in Switzerland. Well, he said he was invited to one Sunday morning to go to a confirmation, confirmation service. Well, this man came into the church. And Alan, he watched as this man came up to the front, bowed his head for a minute in front of the altar, and stood there. Well, Alan was very impressed with that. He, he, he was excited, and after the service, Alan went up to him and said, Wow, you know, I, I didn't know you were religious. I, I, it, I saw you praying up there, and it just made me feel so good inside to see you up there praying. And the man looked at Alan very, very furtively and, and, and said, I didn't actually pray. I just counted down from 10. And that story is what I'm afraid we do so many times. That man wanted to appear as if he was praying. He wanted to appear to everybody else like he was doing what he was supposed to be doing up there at the front. But I'm afraid that many of us do the same thing. We'll say the right words and we'll say we're going to pray for you and we'll say we're going to do this and we're going to say we'll do that. And we may even stop here and there. And I'm not, not talking about the praying before your dinner or after your dinner or when you go to bed. I'm saying those true intercessory prayers for our brothers and sisters. When we truly can pray that way, that's when we will know and feel the presence of God. But even more so, other people will know. We should not be about faking it, guys. God doesn't need us faking it. He needs us to be what he's called us to be Amen. and lift up our brothers and sisters. You know, just this yesterday, as a matter of uh, day before yesterday, well, my, my son and I, we went to Austin on our motorcycles and coming back home Saturday morning, uh, we're, we're uh, just a few miles from the house. He has his wife on the, or girlfriend on the back and they had a blowout on the motorcycle. And uh, when he had the blowout on the motorcycle, he was able to control it. He got off. Nobody got hurt. Bikes on the side, everything's good. But he said, you know, my, everything flashed before my eyes. I was just telling Miley, be ready to jump because I didn't want her getting hurt. I didn't care about me, but I was so scared for Miley. And he just, he, he said he just couldn't. And I said, you know, son, I prayed before we left. Maybe that's what it was. And this is coming from my son who doesn't come to church very often. But he said, dad, I guess that's what it was. And thank you for those prayers. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will use those prayers to touch the hearts of other people if we will do it, if we will pray, if we will lift up our hearts in prayer. So you may be saying, well, you know, I, okay, pastor, I, I don't want to just appear as it. So what is intercessory prayer? Richard Foster wrote in his book, and, and, and I wrote it down so I could share it with you without trying to pull it out of memory. But he said, if we truly love people, now stop right there for just a moment. If we truly love people, it, we will say we love one another. We encourage one another. We want to strengthen one another. We'll say it, but do we truly mean it? And that's what he's pointing out. He said, if we truly love people, and Jesus said what? You'll know my people by the love they have for one another. Amen? 
So if we truly love one another, if we're truly his and we truly love one another, he goes on to say, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Intercession is a way of loving others. When we move from petition, and that's what we do oftentimes, our grocery list of prayers, when we move from petition to intercession, we are shifting the center of gravity from our own needs to the concerns and needs of somebody else. And that's what we've been called to do, guys. That's what the examples within Scripture has been set out for us as. When Christ hung upon that cross for you and me, when our sin was washed away, when that plan was brought to fruition, it was done so by a man, by a person, by the Son of God, who said, I desire more for you than I do for myself. In fact, he said, Father, if there's any other way, it would be great if you let me know that now, but yet... I will do whatever you say to do because I love these people that much. And he chose to intercede himself upon that cross for you and I. And then he tells us that we are to intercede for one another. We are to go forth and, pre and, and, and pray for each other. Many times we pray for others and we don't see the results, so we just give up. We say, well, what, what good is intercessory prayer? It's just words, guys. Prayer is one of the greatest tools that God has given us. And it's not just words. You may not see examples right off the bat. But that's exactly the opposite of what we're supposed to do when we give up. He says that we are to pray and pray unceasingly. If you forget and run out of things to pray for, then just think of my ugly mug. Because I, I can use all the prayers I can get. Amen. <laughs> wow, Rod. I don't even know where you're at, but I know who that was. <laughs> we, uh, we should be praying unceasingly. God says to continue to pray. You know, I have another story I want to share with you. I, I, I remember one time I was, um, I was, it was after I was saved. I went and visited a, a, a friend of my mother's who I had not seen in many years. I was doing a job out by her house. I'd finished the job and I, I said, you know, I just wonder if she still lives there. And I drove by and there was the same old car, a Carmen Ghia in the front and a Barracuda in the back. And I remember as a kid trying to buy that Barracuda. Now it's just a rusted old thing. But I saw those cars and said, okay, they obviously still live here. And I stopped and I knocked on the door. And when she came to the door, there was a startled look in her eyes. And she looked at me and said, boy, I figured you drank yourself to death by now. And I was like, wow. But then she went on to say, I prayed for you ever since you were 15 years old that you would get your life right and get to know the Lord. And I'm hearing these words from Billy that I didn't, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't expect that. I didn't even know that. But to her, there seemed to be no results. She just assumed that I drank myself to death. That was her words. However, she still continued to pray for me. And then one day I show up on her steps and tell her, that I'm doing well, and I have accepted the Lord several years back. She may not have ever known if God had not impressed it upon me to stop that day and just say hello, just because I hadn't seen her in so many years. I didn't know she was praying for me every day, but she chose to do it anyway, even though not knowing where I was or who I was or anything else, she still was praying for me. And that was a profound statement from her that day when I stood on those stairs so many years ago and heard those words. Guys, we may not see the results. We may not 
see what's actually happened. For many years of my young life, she faithfully prayed for me, not seeing results. But I would submit to you this morning that her prayers were answered. Today, my brother and, and I both are committed Christians. I, if you didn't know, he's accepted a church, and he's preaching out in Barksdale, Texas now. We, we, have, we came, we took away the bottle and accepted Christ, and we moved on to be what God's called us to be. And I would submit that some of that, at least, is because of the prayers of that little elderly lady that chose to continue to pray without knowing where I was. Folks, we have been called to pray and to pray unceasingly. It doesn't matter if you don't know the names on that list. Doesn't matter if you don't know what they look like. Doesn't matter if you think there's no cure for cancer. Doesn't matter if you think this or you think that. God interceded for us so that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish. And he tells us that we should intercede for one another as well. If he chose to pray not for us, if he chose to intercede for us, no that some of us would never change but chose to do it anyway then how much more should we continue to pray for one another also the prayers re make results you may not see them all but prayer brings results if we are faithful and true to continue to pray in 1940 G general sir william dobby he was appointed the governor general of malta now his job was the defense of Malta during the Second World War, one of the, the darkest hours in, in all the history of that little island. And he was told, this is your job. The Italian forces were overwhelming in superiority in both numbers and equipment. The Italians should have just ran right over Malta. But Malta was the key stop for the convoys. They went from Gibraltar to Alexandria. This, Malta had to stand. Malta had to, to stay solid. It was the, this is where the convoys that went to, to Montgomery's 8th Army to continue to fight the battle. Malta had to stand. Malta never fell to the enemy. The, the whole island, it, it just stayed courageous. In fact, the whole island was awarded the George Cross. Historians still say they can't figure out why didn't the Italians overrun that island? Why didn't the Italians take that island? And we, you know, there's a good chance we would have lost that whole section of the war. But Dobby, a very committed Christian, realized the weakness of his position, and he understood that God alone, that, that, that his present help was needed, that he was not going to make it, that he needed God. And his first special order of the day, when he addressed his men, was governing, within governing the defense of the island, said this. He said, I therefore call upon all officers in other ranks humbly to seek God's help and then in reliance upon him do their duty unflinchingly. His whole goal of holding that island was make sure that you pray every day both for yourselves and for your men. And in that prayer... When you're praying for yourselves and for your men, understand and know that God will be here. And to this day, people don't know how Malta stood up against that Italy. But I will tell you, I know it's because they had at the head a man that chose to lead others into praying for everybody on that island. Folks, when we pray for one another, when we strengthen one another, when we encourage one another, when we support one another, when we let, can know that our name is on that prayer list, that people are really praying for us, we will battle whatever it is that's out there. We will fight against that cancer or, or, or situation. We will battle because we know we're not alone. We won't know that our name is just on a piece of paper. We know that we have brothers and sisters who care. We have brothers and sisters who are praying for us. We have brothers and 
and sisters who are interceding for us. And because I know that it's not just my prayer getting to God, but many brothers and sisters, we will fall on our knees and do what it takes to carry out the other side. But it takes us committing ourselves to prayer. It takes us committing ourselves to being what God called us to be and to continue to pray. People who say, I, I don't understand people who say, well, prayer is it's kind of overrated. It's just words. You know, when, they, when the apostles came to Jesus, if you remember the one instance, they, they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they couldn't cast this demon out. Jesus comes and tells it to be gone. And they looked at Jesus and said, well, why couldn't we do it? He said, because this specific kind of demon takes a lot of prayer and fasting. If Jesus says that it takes a lot of prayer and fasting, if he knew it took a lot, that he had to be in a lot of prayer and fasting, then who are we to think that we don't have to be? If Jesus himself would go and find himself alone on the, on the mountainside to be with his heavenly father, how much more so should we? That's not perfect. How much more so should we who are not the actual son of God, but grafted into that stem. We are all, each one of us should be on our knees, praying every day, putting on the full armor of God, as Paul said, ready for the battle that's raging around us every day. It's not between flesh and blood, but the principalities of good and evil are at war around us every day. And when we are praying, we are armed. And when we are armed in that battle, we are going to do the enemy harm. And when we are doing the enemy harm, he's going to move on to easier targets. When we are praying for our brothers and sisters, we are putting up walls of defense around them. And in so doing, we're showing them, I love you enough that I choose to call down the God of, of wonder. I choose to call down God's power upon you. I know you're fighting, but I choose to stand alongside you and fight. And I do so in prayer. And we can stand beside our brothers and sisters. One can be in California and the other one in the Carolinas. And we still are fighting side by side in that spiritual battle because we're praying to the same God who's over both. But we have to commit to do it. We have to prioritize it. We're real quick to turn that TV on when we get home. Or we find ourselves in some downtime and we whip out our phones and go to Facebook or go to to. I, I would say even some of y'all will play solitaire before you'll pray. We need to get back to prayer, guys. We need to be a praying people. We need to get back to being what God's called us to be. One of the most powerful things God's given us in this, in this arsenal of things, and one of the most rewarding as well, is the power of prayer. And it should be used by Christians daily, every day. Now, what is, that? what is that prayer? Look in 1 Timothy. Why is it so underused if it's that important? I'm thinking maybe we just don't understand the significance of prayer. In 1 Timothy, I want us to look at what he's saying here in chapter 2, starting in verse 1. He says, first of all, that I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. You hear that? First of all, I urge that intercessions, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be made for everybody, for kings and all those who are in authority. So that, why? So that we may lead tranquil and quiet lives in all godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior. If for no other reason we should be praying for one another because it's good and it pleases God our Savior. 
who wants everyone to be saved and to come to know the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that man is Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed a herald and apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and without argument. We are to lift our hands into the air. Those, those folks that say, well, you're in church, you sit on your hands. I would say Paul said, lift them up. He said, lift up your hands and pray and make petitions and, and, and go with encouragement. And he says there to continue in thanksgiving and pray without malice, pray without pride, pray without envy, pray without hate. Lift up your hands and pray for one another. Why? Because it makes not only our lives tranquil, not only makes our lives peaceful, not only makes our lives quiet, but because it makes my God happy. If we realize that, that's a fairly simple passage of scripture. You do not need a theological degree to understand what Paul is sharing there. If I know that I serve the Lord and I want to make my Lord happy and I can do so by praying for one another, by holding up hands, not in anger, but holding them up, saying, thus saith the Lord, then why aren't we prioritizing it? It's not just for the pastor and the deacons to pray. Paul said for all of us, he commanded us to intercede for who? Everyone. Because everyone has that opportunity for God's grace. God desires that none should perish. No, not one, Peter said. We, God desires that every one of us is worthy of God's grace. And especially those who are in authority. Whether you agree with the president, whether you like the president, whether you like your congressman, whether you like the, your boss at work, those who have been put into authority over us, we are to lift up in prayer. Why? Because if nothing else, it makes God happy. And I'd much rather God be happy with me than mad at me. If you've never had God mad at you, you've led a really blessed life. Guys, we are to pray for one another, especially those in authority, especially those that God's put around us. Prayer is our access to God. It's our access to the power that created the heavens and the earth. He himself is our mediator. He himself is our intercessor. He set out the example. He set it out there for all of us to see. When we call ourselves Christians, we're saying we are Christ-like. If we are truly Christ-like, then we should follow his example. And if we're following his example, we see several times where he came up and he prayed for others. He carried out the plan of salvation for us. It says there is only one God, one mediator between God and men, and his name is Christ Jesus. If he chose to intercede for me and then says it makes him happy for me to intercede for others, then if I realize that and recognize that and put that into my mind, I think I might just prioritize prayer just a little bit higher. I might take that prayer list and understand that it's not just names on a piece of paper, but that it's something that God has chosen for me to do. That it's something that he wants me to do. That it's something that he has encouraged me and gifted me to do. If I know Christ is praying on my behalf, if Jesus found it important enough to pray, then I should as well. And then he walked this earth for 40 days. If you remember, he, he died upon that cross so that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He allowed himself to go to that cross. 
He died upon that cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. But praise God, three days later, he was resurrected. He came out holding the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And then he walked for 40 days amongst men, teaching and preaching so they all could see who he was. But then it says that he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And you know what he does at the right hand of God the Father? No man comes unto the Father but by me. And he also says in Revelation that when the accuser is standing there and the accuser is pointing a finger at one of us, it says our mediator, in other words, our lawyer, our, our person that stands in the gap for us will step up and say, whoa, stop, that one's mine. And if Jesus chooses to spend his time in eternity to stand as my mediator, my intercessor, to stand against the accuser, the evil one himself, and say, Frank is mine, be quiet, David is mine, be quiet. Sherry is mine, be quiet. When he's choosing to intercede for however millions of names there are, he chooses to stand at the right hand of God the Father to do that. And then he looks at us and says, hey, make me happy if you will do the same. Maybe we will reprioritize our prayer life. Amen. Maybe our prayer life will get a little bit higher up. Maybe even above Golf Channel. Just kidding, Ian, wherever you're at. <laughs> Ian's a praying man. That's why I picked on him there. Because anybody knows that if you watch Golf Channel, you'll do any... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Had to get it out there, brother. <laughs> Guys, our prayer life is what needs to be at the top of, it, of the priority. First priority is get your life right with Christ. Seek his direction. Lord, what would you have me to be? Where would you have me to go? What would you have me to say? And once you have tried to be what God has called you to be, once you've prayed that, the next thing is intercede on the behalf of others. Lift up those around you. Father, sister so-and-so, she is struggling with depression right now. Brother so-and-so, he is struggling with, with, with alcoholism or, or drug addiction. Brother and sister so-and-so are having marital issues right now. My sister's in a hospital and she's struggling with cancer right now, Lord. You're the great physician. You're the great healer. However, also, too, I know you can witness through her to the doctors and nurses that are on that floor today. Whomever and whatever and however it is that God has laid folks on your mind. When Jessica a while ago came out of the water and I told you guys, whenever her face crosses your mind, I'm not saying close your eyes while you're driving. But with that, her face crosses your mind, even if it's a little, Father God, I don't know where Jessica is right now, but I lift her up in prayer to you and ask your protection over her. Just that right there, that quick, that easy, that simple, you just help battle the forces of evil that are surrounding her. And especially as a young Christian, a new Christian, she may not realize she has that sword and the capability she has yet. And she needs you to stand in the gap and fight for her as she learns how to use that sword for herself. Guys, God has called us to be brothers and sisters in his army. And in that army, our weapon is prayer. It is our heart channeling the power of an almighty, grace-filled, mercy-filled God into the situation of others and let others know you are not alone. Hallelujah. Look at verse 8 one more time. Verse 8 there just one more time. Therefore... Because this is important to God, because it makes him happy, because it brings peace, because it brings tranquility, because it helps your brothers and sisters, because everyone is worthy, because the kings and all those in authority need it. Therefore, I want the men, and I'm going to say here it means women, men, every one of us. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray. 
lifting up holy hands without anger and without argument. We should not sit there and debate whether or not it's important to pray. We should not debate, well, you know, I guess it's time to pray. When God says pray, wherever you're at, pray. Hold up those heavenly hands. Again, if you're driving, I'd rather you keep at least one on the wheel. But lift it up in prayer. And say, Father, here I am. Jesus chose to do that for us. In the book of Luke, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, thine be done. That's intercessory prayer. It doesn't have to be long and elaborate. It just means supporting each other in prayer. It means going to the Lord, bowing our head and saying, Father, here I am. And I lift up my brother. I lift up my sister. I lift up this family. I lift up these doctors. I lift up these nurses. I lift up my president. I lift up the, the, those that in the executive office, the judicial offices, I, I, the state offices. I, I lift these folks to you, Lord, uh, because not of who I am, not because of the power that I have, not because I can do physically anything for them, but because you can. And I choose to battle around them in your name. And this is how you've given me to do such. That should be our priority. That's more important than turning on the TV, I promise. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then your prayers don't ever get past the ceiling. That, that prayer of forgiveness, that prayer of asking God to come into your life and move and walk and talk in, within you and allowing that Holy Spirit to come within you, that's what empowers you and dwells you. And then the Holy Spirit that moves within you once you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, that Holy Spirit within you is what empowers you, encourages you, strengthens you, and then also gives utterance to your heart's desires so that God can hear who and exactly what it is we are. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I would ask you this morning to turn your eyes upon him. He's interceding for you. For the wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. However, there is no forgiveness of sins without the remission of blood, but there is one who died on that cross. And he said that I will do so, so that we can have that gift. He became our propitiation. In other words, our sacrifice that we could never make. He that knew no sin became our sin. People stop at the cross, say, oh, it must have been bad, him being nailed to that cross. And it was. What a horrible thing to happen. But I have to think in my mind, he that knew no sin, never been defiled by sin, chose to take the sin of the world upon himself. That's worse than being nailed to a cross. But he chose to do it to intercede for you and I. And he said, whomsoever believeth in me, I am the Son of God that arose on that third day and he believes in his heart and he professes it with his mouth, so shall he be saved. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost. Secondly, if you do know Jesus as your Lord, I would ask you right now to take that prayer list out of your bulletin and pick a name, pick a section. Or maybe commit to take the whole paper and tape it to the dash of your car or something. Your computer screen at work. But do something so that we will not forget the priority of the spiritual battle that God's given us to go forth and fight. 
We've, we've sang some incredible songs here this morning. And my heart lifts in praise every time Chris and all the guys get up here. And I thank Jesus for that. I thank God that he allowed us to be a part of his ministry with the baptism of Jessica a few moments ago. I thank God when he allows me to come and share the word with you guys. But you know what that makes the angels in heaven rejoice? When others come to know him. And you know what brings joy to the Lord? It just said when we pray for one another. As awesome as the baptism and the songs and everything is, what really brings joy is when we lift up one another in prayer. Why not, why not do that? I'm going to ask Chris and the guys to come up and let us all stand for just a moment. <clears throat> if God's moved upon your heart to accept him today, this is that opportunity. You can pray right where you're at. You can accept Christ, and that's the true baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When he moves in your heart and changes who you are, when you give him your lordship, That's the primary thing this morning. But if you have, isn't it great? He gives us the power to carry out what it is he's taught us to do. We can pray for one another. You say, well, I, Pastor, you just don't know. I don't have very many words. He says the Holy Spirit gives utterance to what your heart cannot perform. I guarantee you the words I know cannot ever put forth what the Holy Spirit can to the Heavenly Father. But I don't have to. Because that's why he's called the great helper. He helps me get it out. Where are you this morning? Father God, I just come before you today and I just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will move amongst your people. Help us to, to focus on who you are. If there's someone here today that has not surrendered their heart to you, may this be the day, Lord God. And if they have, may we prioritize each other. I pray, Lord, that when others in this room look to me, they will know that I love them in the name of the Lord, that we love one another, and that I will pray for them, that I want them to have what's best in their lives. And I pray that when we look around this room, we know we're surrounded by brothers and sisters who want the same. Your will, your grace, your mercy to be made manifest in every heart. God, may we lift one another up in prayer, but right now, God, we lay our own hearts at your feet. And may you speak to us, each one individually, to show us where, what, and how you've called us to be. Father, may your will be done, Lord, as we sing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to pray, pray. If he's telling you to come down and, and say, Pastor, I want to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, hallelujah. Or maybe he's telling you that, that you need to get on your knees and be praying for a specific somebody. Maybe he's telling you to walk across an aisle and give somebody a hug and say, I'm praying for you. Whatever it is. You know what I do? And some of y'all will attest to this. You're recipients. If you, cross my, if you cross my mind during the week, I will pray for you. And I will usually text you and let you know, hey, just wanted to let you know that I'm praying for you right now. And I do that, why? Because I know that you might be going through a battle right then and that's why God placed you on my heart. And I want you to know that you are not alone. May we do that for one another. In Jesus' name, as we sing.
I would submit to you this morning that if God's moving in your life, and you may say, you know, I know Christ. I just don't have time to stop and pray, and I don't have time to, to lift this up. Praise God, my God made time to die on a cross for me. Amen. And he's, all he's asked us is to stand for him in the gap. Be his hands and his feet. I think if we will reprioritize whom he is in our lives, we'd reprioritize just how strong and important prayer is as well. So I pray that you will walk out of here today being the praying men and women that God has called you to be. Now before we close this morning, the Taylors, our new flautist over here. And that, that flute sounds beautiful, honey. Well, she wanted to make sure she liked you first. <laughs> The Taylors came to me, and they both know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And as you see, she has stepped up and is serving, and they've been coming to Sunday school and all. And they came down, and they said, Pastor, we'd like to join your church and be a part of the ministry there at the church. Amen. So everybody in accordance with, with, with the Taylors joining us this morning, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I guess they like you. <laughs> oh, they like her? That's all right. We're going to put you to work, brother. What happens at ladies' retreats stay at ladies' retreats. <laughs> there is a story behind that, I'm sure. Amen. So let's, let's close in a word of prayer this morning, guys. And, and guys, you can go ahead on back. Just remember the tailors. And uh, when they cross your, your path, your mind, or whatever it may be, lift them up in prayer right then. You know, Satan, Satan doesn't like it when we follow in obedience. And that's when he's going to step out and try to throw roadblocks and hurdles. And that's where we come in with intercessory prayer and surround our brother and sister and say, no, 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 they're part of our family. And we're going to lift them up in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Yes, sir, Brother Juan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can y'all hear her over here? This is, you know what, let me just bring you my mic. 
I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but everybody does want to know who. I just want to thank you all this morning. I'm Sylvia Ruiz. I'm on y'all's prayer list. And I know that the prayers of everybody that's praying for me is what helps me get up out of bed. I've been having a real tough time, maybe a month and a half. But I know, and I thank y'all. Hallelujah. I thank y'all because I know that y'all's prayers are what's lifting me and helping me, giving me the strength to get Hallelujah. up and out of bed. So I just wanted to put a, a face to the name. When y'all see my name, it's me y'all are praying for. And I thank y'all from the bottom of my heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, honey. Amen. Amen. And as I shared earlier, that's why it's important we pray for each other. Because that's what gets her out of bed. That's what gets us out of bed. That's what keeps us moving. When we know we have brothers and sisters that love us and care for us. Amen. 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 It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. And praise God that, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Chuck, would you close us in prayer this morning, brother?